Well, good morning. Got a class, got a lesson this morning prepared especially for visitors. Because <laughs> not many of our people showed up. <laughs> no, it's good to have all of you this morning. Wonderful to see you. Uh, not only are we friends, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and that makes everything very equal when it comes to knowing the Lord. There's not any big sinners or little sinners. They're just sinners with God. And I say all the time that no, no person is too good to not need a Savior. And no person is too bad that the Savior can't reach. And that's a blessing to mankind. Most people had not realized that yet. But that's the way it is. We God had it to be, and that's the way it is. And we, uh, we are creatures. He created man. He created uh, the world and the fullness thereof. And Colossians says he created it for him and by him and of him. Was he created. Now, I... You might be turning your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We'll try to get a lesson out of that this morning. And uh, what I wanted to say is that uh, it kind of seems when you, when you read the Bible, and, I, and I've been jumping up and down on, we don't know the mind of God. And we don't know. Paul said, who the known the mind of the Lord have been his counselor. So we don't know the mind of the Lord, but it seems like when you read the Bible and, and you read uh, uh, Revelation and you read the way it ends up and, and you read uh, in uh, Philippians that God has given Christ a name above every name, that every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess, should confess, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, when you try to find out just where God and how God operates with mankind, and, and, and we do need to look into that. What, what has God done for you? See, now, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Now, that's, that's not a Calvinistic verse. That just means you choose God, he'll choose you. And somebody said, well, are we elected? Well, now, you've got to handle that biblically. You, if you're saved, you are elected in Christ. And a lot of people gets foreknowledge and election mixed up. God foreknew everything, but he didn't tell me and you. See what I mean? So it does not do violence to the scripture when he says in here, Father, all that you gave me shall come unto me. Now, 
Wait a minute. That's God and his son talking. Man, you ain't in that verse. That's God and his son. But he told me and you in Mark 16 when he was about to go away and that's what this prayer is that he's praying in John chapter 17. He is preparing himself to suffer and he's preparing himself to leave. And uh, he made a statement, while I was in the world, I kept them. He made that statement. Now, I've said this before, and let me say it again. You're saved if you, as Brother Chris said, pleaded guilty and took Christ as your Savior. Now, I know when you was born again, you didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. Say, so, well, you was raised in church. I know it, but I wasn't paying attention to it. That's where a lot of people come here. They come, and they don't pay attention to it. But what I wanted to say was God saved you for Christ's sake. Smile there now. Lord loves you. He didn't save you for your sake. He didn't save me for my sake. He saved you for Christ's sake. Now, God is so holy and so knowing everything that since you are saved, Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God and he still keeps you. See, now I know when I in my young Christian life, I thought, well, the Lord's forgiven me, and you know, and, and he just looks at, down on me, and, and he just kind of winks at my, when I have an evil thought, and, and I didn't know that. And I'm not trying to put you under oppression. I'm trying to tell you how much freedom we've got in Christ. See what I mean? Now, when you have an evil thought, God knows it. And, and, but the transaction in heaven, and Paul said three times that Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Why do we need intercession? We're saved. And once saved, always saved, Right? Yeah, now that's not in the Bible, but that statement's true. We stay saved because we got a good mediator. See? Now Jesus Christ paid for my sins, past, present, and future, by his shed blood. See what I mean? But his blood shed was a once deal for me, but it's not for God. I don't mean now, I don't mean you go to God, got to go get saved again. I don't mean that. What I mean is when you have an evil thought, the Lord Jesus Christ is still pleading your case. 
See, ain't that good? <laughs> and he never lost a case. See? All, he said right here, all that you've given me, in John chapter 10, all that you've given me, I have kept and lost none but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now he wasn't saying there, well, now Judas was once saved, but he's lost. He wasn't saying that. He was telling his apostles, don't get upset because we had a lost person among the apostles. Don't get upset by that. I knew it all the time. That's what he's telling them. See what I mean? But you are kept by the power of Christ. And Christ is in heaven and he is still mediating for you and I. See? So that we won't be lost. Of course, you know, the world, religions teach that Oh, there's a possibility you could be lost after you're saved. Well, Hebrews 6. I believe I'll turn over and read that for you. If you're listening, it's good. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look into that. I like it. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That means sanctification. That don't mean you're going to get to where you don't ever have an evil thought. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. In other words, not laying it again because you already got it to those he's speaking to. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. For this will we do if God permit. In other words, we're going to cover that. See, we're going to, we do believe that. See, but you, don't, but you don't have to go do it again. Just keep what he gave you. Okay, next verse. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Now, who is that? Who is that? That's us. You were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Okay? And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world come. Watch it now. If they shall fall away, if, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. The Bible says it's impossible. Now, the reason it's impossible, if, if, if you're saved and you could be lost, for you to come back to repentance, Jesus Christ would have to go die again. That's what that's saying. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to do that. Well, he died once in the, end of the, in the end of the world. So I'm in John chapter 17, and I just wanted to make those few comments. And 
And I said some things last Sunday I'd like to kind of go over again because I don't feel like it, I, that I fully got everything said that I want to say. And um, now for you visitors, John 17, I've already said this twice to our people, John 17 is really the Lord's Prayer. The one over in Matthew where he said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven. That's the model prayer. And he was telling them how to pray for themselves. But here he is talking to God for himself. And he says some things, and I'm repeating now. He says some things that's, that's known only between him and the Father. And I said the other day, and forgive me for repeating People can take this and, and, and they try to get in the mind of God with it. But you can't do that. You've got to understand that this is the Godhead speaking to themselves. And you say, well, why was he praying it then if they didn't know it? He was praying it so that the apostles would know that he and the Father are one. See? So that, so that they would know that he is one. See, now Brother Bell has been teaching this on Wednesday night, and he went through the Godhead uh, explanation of it, and I appreciate that. We need to know that. See, Jesus Christ thought it not robbery to be equal to God, yet there were times when he submitted to the Father. See what I mean? Well, that didn't do injustice to the Godhead, and like I said a while ago, I think the end of eternity for us is going to be when God presents New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem, I think, is the ending up of everything that, that we are going to enjoy. And, and, and as I said a while ago, it seems that God in his foreknowledge, and there I go, I'm not trying to get in, I'm trying to explain just as little as I know about it. <laughs> in his foreknowledge, he, 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 he wanted and he desires a people that will praise him and his son in eternity. Now, when you look at it from that direction, you can see what I said a while ago. He didn't save me and you for, his, for our sakes. He saved them for his sake. But he still wants it. And that is wonderful that me and you got in on it. Think of all the millions on the world this morning. You know, you got the Muslims. You got you got uh, uh, the, the 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 Chinese religion and all that. What little they got, and and all in between. Then you got Americans. It's uh, uh, some of them is uh, religious, but no Christ. You know, and and today all the all these churches are jumping up and down about Jesus getting born into the world. And I am glad he got born in the world. But I don't think he was born on the 25th of December. Right. And I don't fuss with people about that, but I just don't believe it. 
Because people in our part of the world is about the same latitude as Jerusalem. And I, and I know these farmers are not feeding their cattle out on the hills on green grass. Brother Tim, you got any green grass? You see what I mean? But I, I'm not making that a point. I'm just telling you, look at it. See what you think. But God is taking and he is making a body that will please him. Now, when we get over there, when we get our new bodies, we're going to be altogether saved. And I know, I know, your preacher take, teaches what I, my preacher taught, that you're saved to the uttermost. And your soul is. But your body's not. You think your body's saved? <laughs> no, the cemetery is a testimony to that, isn't it? But it's going to be. Is it Philippians 3.21? He'll give us a body, I'm paraphrasing, give us a body like unto his glorious body. Then you'll be saved all over. See? But, but it's a hope. See, our hope is for the new body. But I haven't read any, read any John 17 yet, have I? So let me, let me read in this. Now, I think I went over this Sunday, so don't gig me too hard. Verse 14, I have given them. Now, remember, this is Jesus talking to God, and he's talking about his people. Specifically, he's in the presence of his apostles when he's praying this. He says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So, so you look at that and you say, well, now, what's that all about? Okay, now, let me ask a question. How many of you have read or looked at the trail of blood? See? Now, what do you see in that book? What do you see in that book? You see believers being mistreated. You see believers being beheaded. See? In good old America, praise God, we had some forefathers that had enough sense to get us a constitution where you can come out here this morning to this little Baptist church and not be molested. And we don't understand if somebody wants to arrest us for going to church. But listen to me. There are people still in America that would still have you arrested if you believe what we believe. <coughs> I got a report just this past week that we've had a few visitors visiting us and they don't want to come anymore because we're a cult. Now, my wife and I have run into that before. See? Would you believe we're a cult? But, but, but you see, the devil has got them so messed up on their theology until they're God. See, they're their own God. They just tell God, well, what you said there is not true. I'm just going to live my own way. And they can do that. They've got liberty to do that in this life. 
But what about when they go to judgment? See what I mean? Now what? And of course, we people that believe like we do believe that there's none righteous, no, not one. Now that comes from uh, Psalms 14. And uh, if you go read that real carefully, it, it just says that God looked out to see if there's any that did seek him. And there was none that sought him. And they've all, and they've all become uh, unclean. But, now that's before God, not before me. See? And God's not talking about he don't love you. He's talking about our sins. He don't love our sins. That's why you have to get rid of them when you bow down to get saved. See? You confess and the Lord washes away your sins according to Revelation. Chapter 1, verse 5, washed us in his own blood. And I say this when I say that because I have agnostic to say, <laughs> you go down there to the Rose Church and they wash you in blood. No, that's not a physical that's not a physical doing. It's a spiritual doing that happens in heaven. And God relieves your burden at that time to let you know He done something for you. Because we ain't looking into heaven right now. Does that make sense? Okay. So, He's saying here, I've given thy word and the world hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. See? Now the world, they do their thing. Some of them go to early morning mass on Sunday morning, then go play golf, and then go drink some alcohol all afternoon. And they think they're going to heaven. See what I mean? Well, we don't believe that, and we and then our message is. You're not going to heaven because the Bible says except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Therefore, they don't like us and call us cult. Stuff like that. Okay? Because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world, I pray not for them. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. <clears throat> now let me ask a question. How many of you like to go down to the casino and play the lottery? <laughs> you see, why not? Because it's ungodly gain. And Isaiah talks about that. Ungodly gain. See, well, we've been, well, well, brother, brother Glenn, why don't they not like it? Because they're of the world. See, why do they like to gang up in football stadiums on Sunday with 120,000 people and you can't hardly get uh, 40 down here? Because many are called, but few are chosen. Wide is the gate that leads to life, to, uh, to destruction. Many go in there out at, 
but straight and narrow is the way that leadeth to everlasting life, and few there be that find it. I say all the time when I think of that verse, that's the saddest scripture in the Bible to me. That means most of your friends ain't going to make it. That means most of mine ain't going to make it. And I don't like that in my flesh, but I have to believe it. And, and you can believe it by just looking around you. How many of your friends are here this morning or in some other true church? You see what I mean? All right. He went ahead to say in verse 16, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy word. Uh, th uh, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, why are we told to study the Bible? Well, what did Paul tell Timothy? Timothy was a preacher. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. See, we study God's Word. It sanctifies us. In other words, even though you're saved, it tells you how to please God in a Christian life. And you need to do it often. Peter said, stir, I give you this, talking to Christians, to stir up your pure minds. The mind and your minds need to be stirred towards God. Hello? Why? Because, we, as I said a while ago, we're not all the way delivered yet. See? All right. Now, thy word is truth, and when the atheists and the agnostics come at you with those things, see, they don't know that. I don't know God's word is truth. As I said last Sunday, at the trial of Jesus, Pilate said, what is truth? Well, Pilate, Pilate, Pilate was an agnostic. He was an unbeliever. See? But we know that the word of God is truth. That's why we as Baptist churches have a pastor and hopefully... We come every Sunday to hear him and let him work on us on our minds. See? Now, if you're saved, you don't need evangelistic preaching, although you might sit there and enjoy it. But you need your mind worked on. See? Now, I, I find myself, and it's just, I can't explain it, In my older days, I teach more evangelistic attitude type lessons than I do doctrinal lessons. I, I, like I said, I can't explain that to you. It's just what I'm, I'm led to do because I see so many people that don't have the truth. And we just plead with them. And that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what Brother Bell's supposed to do. He feels, he feels led to preach evangelistic or he feels led to preach a doctrinal sermon, that's fine. And I found out 
But the older a preacher gets, the more apt he is to preach both in one message. And they can do that. And that's good. Because it's the Word of God. See? And it's our job as Christians to warn sinners. Warn them. As John the Baptist said, to flee the wrath to come. <coughs> now your folks and my folks has just heard of wrath. They don't even believe in it. See, they don't even believe in it. They, oh, God's a good God. Hadn't you ever heard that, Mr. Pollard? God's a good God. And they camp on that. Well, God is good. But there's another side of God. See? There's a wrath coming. I teach wrath in two phases. And, and I, I know, I believe... I believe a little bit of the wrath of God is shown every day. I mean, why do you think people have five car pileups and kill three or four people on the highway? See? Well, one man said, I don't know if it was a good God, he wouldn't let that happen. Wait a minute. God put the laws of nature in the, into existence. See? I mean, if I could say it gets the simplest to say, he, God created gravity. See, that causes a pecan to fall out of a pecan tree towards earth. Why? Gravity. How come it's there? God created it. See? So God, some wrath is shown all the time. But wait a minute. There's good news too. There's some grace shown all the time too. Goodness of God. As Paul said in Romans, Knoweth thou not, O man, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And it does. It does. Can I remind you the day you got saved? What if you'd been in a car wreck the week before? How about that? See? He waited to destroy me and you until we got saved. Bodily. Okay? So the goodness of God is there. So there's some grace every day. All right? So these, these people, it's easy. And he said in the next verse, verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. Now what's he talking about there? So he's talking about his gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ was going to save sinners. And, uh, and in fact, the dispensation is changing from a law dispensation to a grace dispensation. See, the law was given by Moses, but uh, truth and grace came by Jesus Christ. I believe that's John chapter 1, verse 15. I believe it is. Long in there. See, Moses gave the law. Well, there was no mercy under the law. And these people said, well, I believe I live, I live the Ten Commandments. Don't you think I'll make it? Well, no. The law wasn't given to save souls. The law was given to show us that we were transgressors. Right? <laughs> right? Sure. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. See? Thou shalt not take the Lord thy, name, the Lord thy God's name in vain. 
Don't answer this question, but do you ever do any of that? Well, if you did, the law made you guilty. And I know that those of you that's in here, you know, you pleaded guilty. And God forgave you. And that's good news. And, and we're trying to get them to come in and hear the good news. And that's what the Lord wanted us to do when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See? Paul said in uh, Corinthians, uh, I watered, Apollo, I, I sowed, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I believe that's 1 Corinthians. Is that chapter 1 or 2? 1, isn't it? See? And so that's the way it works in our dispensation. That's the way you're justified. And Paul wrote the book of Romans, and the first four chapters is all together. By grace are you saved through faith. Now, I know that verse is found in Ephesians, but Romans teaches it. Amen. See? By grace are you saved. See? Without the grace of God, none of us would be saved, right? I mean, I mean, he, 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 he lingered with us until we got saved, right? He put up with our offenses. See? So by grace are you saved through faith. Now, faith is the channel that God gave you to believe in him. See? When you was lost in your sins and, and uh, you had no faith. But that day or that morning or that night when you come forward or, or bent on your knees out in the woods or wherever you are, your faith kicked in. See? Like the Philippian jailer. He come in uh, trembling and asked these apostles, what must I do to get saved? Well, he wasn't interested in getting saved the day before. But at that time he was. See? So his faith, God gave him faith to see that he was ruined. And that's what the law does. That's what the preaching of the gospel does. It lets men and women see, hey, I'm not saved. If I was to die, something bad happened to me. We had a young lady here not long ago. So I, I, if I was to die, I don't think I'd go to heaven. And Brother Bell was working with her a little bit and talking to her what we're supposed to do. And I told her, I said, you pray that God don't let you lose that. Nobody in our dispensation gets saved without conviction. I can tell you that. So, so we're, uh, we're, asking, we're hoping that she will, we're hoping that she'll keep thinking about it and keep asking the Lord I tell them, uh, in your secret times, like when you go to bed at night, secretly pray to God and say, I'm lost, show my heart what to do about it. Because with the heart man believeth. Now some of them, some of those people we speak to, they've, they've heard hundreds of sermons. And I'm okay, they need to hear the gospel. They got to hear the gospel. But when you hear it, and you just sit back there and like a wooden Indian. <laughs> One good preacher said they go to a ball game and they act like Comanches. 
They come to church and they act like wooden Indians. <laughs> so that's the way people do. But I'm, I'm, I'm urging them. See, I'm urging them. Look to Christ. See, now God does save sinners. And I think he can still save sinners. I don't see very many that's bothering about it. But we need to pray earnestly, and we do pray. We have a prayer meeting here uh, three times a week, and uh, we pray for the lost people. Pray that God would open their heart. All right, next verse, verse 19. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified. How? Through the truth. See? Now, if you want to live for God, you got to read the Bible and listen to preaching and have a prayer life and have a Bible reading life. That's the way you sanctify yourself. Because standing alone, just getting saved on itself does not sanctify you. So you need to move on up in the knowledge of the Lord. That's called sanctification in the Bible. And for their sakes, I, I read that. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. And as I said last Sunday, that is the lineage of faith. See, now the way the Lord, the way the Lord fixed it up for our dispensation, <clears throat> people have got to have a preacher. Now, I don't mean he's got to be an ordained man with a tie on, Bible in his hand. But he's got to be, have a believer testify to them. As I mentioned last week, such as the woman at the well, when she got her, her spiritual water filled, you see what she did? See? But they've got to have that. They've got to have that. How can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? I think I related last week. I'll take just a minute to say this. Uh, there was a discussion among some preachers that back in my youth. And one man said, well, I think God will use his word regardless of who speaks it. And several of the elder preachers kind of crossed him up with these verses I said. And then he went ahead and he wanted to really show his wisdom. So he said, I believe if a, a dog could bark the gospel, God would honor his word. And so I thought, well, all we got to do is train speaking birds, John 3.16, and take them to the ghettos and kick them out. If that works, wouldn't that, if he was right, wouldn't that work? But it won't work. See, you, they that believe on me through their word. I know, that's pretty narrow. And I've been taking the task for it, but that's all right. The Bible, the words, the word of God stands sure. Amen. And now, on the other hand, I believe God does use wicked men to do his will. See, back in my youth, the, the wicked people of the world was was Hitler and Stalin. Now I'm talking about when I was a child. 
And the history says they were responsible for about 200 million deaths. But God wasn't taking it surprised at them. He permitted them to come along and do their thing. That's why, you know, I, I get condemned when I have evil thoughts towards Joe Biden. Wait a minute. God is on the throne. See? <laughs> Do I agree with Joe Biden? No. But when I have a thought of doing something destructive to him, my heart says, you can't do that. I said, okay. You're right, Lord. You're in charge. Jesus says, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm, trust me, and it'll all be all right. Well, I thank you for listening to me this morning. I'm out of time. Hope and pray it's been a blessing for you. I know it's been scattering, but I just pray that God will, will sanctify me and you and he'll save our loved ones. They really need it, don't they? Thank you for listening to me.